0: with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined by Tom Terrace, Tom DeAngelis, and Tom Fertle. How you guys doing? Great, Rob. How you doing? Uh, (laughs) Good to be here. Good to be here to break open God's word, to gather here and uh, with all of you, wherever you're listening. For those who have listened before, welcome back to Reflections from the Heart. For those who are new, welcome uh, to Reflections from the Heart. It's a, it's a gospel reflection, and what that means is we're going to look at the gospel for the coming Sunday that we will hear at Mass, and we'll read the gospel and uh, and see what the Holy Spirit does. Just pray and be open to the Lord speaking to your heart, usually with a word or a phrase, and uh, just ponder that and see what He might want to be speaking to you specifically in your life uh, about, uh, about that word or phrase. Uh, so we'll break that open here in the studio. Pray along with us. It's uh, going to be fun. So before we read the gospel, Tom, can you open us up in prayer?
2: Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with joyful hearts, for we know the good things that you have in store for us. We know that true joy comes through a life close to you filled with your goodness, thankful for the mercy that you've shown us. Lord, we come to to you with hopeful hearts, for even though we face difficulty and challenges, we know that you will not abandon us. We know that you will not lead us astray. We know that we can put our hope and our trust in you to guide us and to give us what we need for the journey. And we come to you with expectant hearts. The way little children came down just recently on Christmas morning, filled with expectation of what they might have under the tree, we know that you have good things in store for us. And so we are expectant, waiting to see, faithful, waiting to hear the plans you have for us, the mission you have for us, the challenges you have for us, and the grace and the goodness you have for us. So we come to you today with all these things placing our trust in you, placing our faith in you, knowing that you are a faithful father who will provide good things for his children. We ask for the prudence and the strength and the courage to listen and to obey. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Nice, Tom. And Tom, if you could read the gospel, please. Sure. Uh, this, this is Luke chapter 3,
3: uh, 15 and 16, 21 and 22. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the throngs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit Descend it upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son with you i am well pleased the gospel of the lord praise, praise to you, you lord jesus
4: christ, christ.
1: tom you, when you prayed you you prayed expectation and as you were praying i was i was really touched when you when you prayed that and tom when you were reading the gospel and and, and read the part of the gospel about expectation, right? The people were filled with expectation. You know, just the one note that I jotted down just to throw out there and, you know, I don't know, if anybody wants to speak into it, uh, but maybe just something that the Lord just put on my heart to pray about is, how can I balance my expectation or expectation in general with yielding to God's will? You know what I mean? Like, why, like, how do I make sure I'm not just wanting, just expecting what I want?
3: I don't know. Sometimes God puts stuff on your heart and like, so you're expecting it, but... You know, he's put it there.
4: Yeah, and, and I think too, um, it, it, those things are the things I th- I think we need to pray about, or whether they, or not they're you know they're in keeping with God's will going forward. But yeah, you know, it just came to mind when you were asking that question, Rob. I just thought of Saint Therese, who uh, had a prayer, and and actually Mother Teresa used to pray it because she got it from, I guess, the writings of St. Therese. She said, said, when I pray, I always get what I want because I always want what I get. Mm. And there's a certain, I mean, obviously the language is circular, but there's a certain recognition that when I pray, whatever I get is what was God's will. Even if I was praying for something else, Mm. but what I got was what God wanted me to get because God cuz she treated I mean she thought of God in her life as a loving father who would never give her you know what did Jesus say if it's, you know, ask for a fish and you give him a snake you know he would never give her what wasn't best for her even if it was distasteful or it wasn't what she wanted or whatever she just treated it as well that's what God wants for me that's what I asked for you know I wanted what he wanted um i want to, I want to do his will, even if it wasn't what I expected. So I think we have our expectations, but um, I guess based on that that saying and that you know that theology of Saint Therese that we take our expectations lightly because what God delivers is what is what we get you know and and learning to live and be happy and productive li- living with joy with that I shouldn't say happiness because you know that's a that's a contingent type thing but accepting what comes our way with joy whether we like it or not whether it's difficult you know challenging evil or whatever is I think is part of part of what we you know what we do these gospel reflections for you know to constantly remind ourselves that it's it's God's will that we're after you know
1: and for 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 me but maybe for some of the folks out there could you what's that quote again about I get, I, I,
4: when I pray, I always get what I want because I always get. I always want what I get. Okay. And I used to say it without the "when I pray" at the beginning, and it doesn't make as much sense. So, it, but she did say specifically, "When I pray, I always get what I want." And you hear that, and you think, "Great, what? What's the punchline on this thing?" Because whatever that is, I'm, I want a piece of that. You know, <laughs> like I want to get whatever I pray for. I want to get it all the time. And this is coming from a saint. And then the you know the punchline is. Because I always want what I get. I always take whatever I get as God's will. You know, so. you can't always
2: get what you want, but if you, you try ch- sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you just get you know, what you need. You know. well, maybe the Rolling yeah. Stones were prophetic in that. <laughs> but I think but I mean it's ironic that that's kinda of, there's some there's some truth to that yeah. in mean, what we're saying. Yeah. That you know, it, it is God provides what we need. Um we we think we know what we want, but you know he knows what we need. And sometimes right. it's a matter of shifting that perspective. And since I'm you know using popular culture, I, I got the you guys, you guys maybe think of you know since the Mary Poppins, the second Mary Poppins oh, movie yeah. just came out. I was thinking about you know how her little line with the kids about you know uh, in every job that must be done, there's an element of fun. Find the fun, and the game or the job becomes a game. Just a perspective change. In other words, yeah. what we what God's put before us. Can we expect maybe the expectation is. Trying to recognize the gift that he puts before us, you know, we have some other thought. But when something happens a different way, maybe this, maybe the spiritual exercise is, well, where is, what is God? Why, why did God do it this way? What's there? What is there for me in this? Maybe my, mm-hmm. I need a shift in my expectations. You know, we, we can plan this grand, uh, you know, vacation with the kids, and we're gonna, you know, take this, uh, go to these wonderful places and spend all kinds of money. And then the kids just want to hang out and play board <laughs> games. But yeah. that might be the most beautiful gift. You know, in other words, yeah. just quality time with my children, um, they're not worried about, you know, this money or spending money for that. I, yeah. The gift is right before me. So, you know, I think it's it's a it's a been to be cliche, a paradigm shift or a perspective shift that can we find can we find, can we trust that God's got something good in store for whatever's before me right now and and work, as you said, to pray to find what that is as opposed to, you know, my grand ideas, which typically yeah. um, are, for me personally, sometimes don't end up being what God has in store, you yeah. know, or in mind for me.
1: I remember one time we did one of those elaborate vacations, Tom, where you know amusement parks and theme parks and days packed. You know, up early, get there, like try to you know get your money's worth, running, running, running all day, and then you know at, at the end you talk. What was your, what was your favorite part? Oh, the ho- the pool at the hotel. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> know, <I was> like
3: <laughs> we could have did that uh, every day.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I weird. I had a similar experience. I finally uh, – I had a boss that was encouraging me to take more than just a few days of, off. So I took two weeks at his recommendation, took the kids out to California. We went to visit – at the end of our trip, our two weeks, we were going to visit with my aunt who lived out there. It was part of the – Reasons we're gonna have it. We had this whole trip planned. Of you know, we're gonna to go to San Francisco and spend a couple of days there, and then we're gonna to go to Yosemite, and we're gonna to go to uh, Sequoia National Park and Hearst Castle, and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, when we got, and we we're gonna we we're gonna end up in Southern California where she was at, you know, Santa Monica, and there's sights to see down there, and at the park and Universal Studios. At the end of the day, when we today, when we talk about that vacation, what the kids remember. The time I put money in the coffee machine to get an espresso and the cup didn't come out, the time when the waitress came up to serve us when we were in uh, San Simeon where Hearst Castle is and she dropped a whole cup of ketchup and it went all over my socks. I mean, those are the things they were, <laughs> you know. Like you talk about what a Hearst Castle was. It was big. It was nice, yeah. you know. But it was, and they were they were little at the time. You know, they're adults now. But that's the the stuff they remember is not. What I planned for, what we worked hard for, what we paid admission to get into—it was the, it was the little things. It was sitting in front of the fire, you know, the chiminea, which we had never seen before, by the be- on the beach, just talking and spending time together. It was that that was the stuff that they remembered, you know? It wasn't all the big stuff we planned for. Yeah. You know? So. So in
2: a similar way, as our, our, a lot of our memories are created by the small things, um, if you look back at your own spiritual life. You know where, where, and again, it may be different for each person. But where, where has God spoken to you most? You know, because yeah. you can go to a you know an event with you know fifteen thousand people in an auditorium, you know, or a big convention center, which is again, those are fine things. Um, but I think many people say the same thing. The most powerful time was when I was praying myself, when I was in the chapel, when I was, mm-hmm. you know. I, so I think in our spiritual lives do do we take, and I think the difference is, are we taking the time to listen? Yeah. You know, in in our spiritual life, you know, David's always saying to us, you know, the, the, in the in the quiet of the heart. When when do we have that quiet time? When do we have that that downtime? Because as we run, just like vacation, as we're running and we're going from here to there, and we're trying to get there. What what are we missing? You know, in 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 our pursuit of the next, you know, whatever. And so, you know, spiritually, I I find that many times, and I and I love the events, and I love you know love music, and I love you know those types of experiences. But I think sometimes the, the, the listening or the voice is easily, more easily heard, you know, in the quiet when it's like, okay, yeah. that's all good. You're doing great things, but just slow down, slow down shut up. I think God tells me shut up sometimes if that's okay, <laughs> you know, and just, and listen and, and, and be still. So in our, in our, again, in our pursuit of the next, you know, we can, we can get into that same thing, uh, you know, spiritually, I want the next big event and I want the next powerful experience and just slow down, be quiet and listen.
1: And in those grace moments when we do, Tom, what, what will we hear? What we heard at the very end of the gospel, you are my beloved mm-hmm. son. With you, I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our Lord didn't say, or God didn't say to Jesus, you are my beloved son. With the miracles that you're going to perform, I'm going to be pleased. Or you're my beloved son. The way you, you know, built that, that, you know, that table in the shop with Joseph, I am well pleased. No, with you, I am well pleased that we have a father in heaven Who's speaking those words to us? It doesn't. It's not like once we start listening, he'll start speaking, right? I mean, it's like a radio that's out of tune. You know, the the station's <clears> playing, <throat> the station's going, and then when we finally tune in, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that they just started. Oh, Rob, Rob tuned in. <laughs> yeah. he said, Let's start playing. <laughs> the Lord is speaking to us all day, every day, and all the moments, and the circumstances, and the people, and everything we do. It's just. Tuning in, and in those moments of silence, when we tune in, I think that calibrate it gets us set to be able to hear His voice in the midst of the busyness, mm-hmm. right? So it can't just be oh, I I have God everywhere. I think that's a way, yeah. at least for me, that I let, try to let myself off the hook. You know, it's like, oh, I you know I offer my day up to God, so you know yeah. God's in everything. Yes, He is, yeah. and He wants to be, but He also wants that special time. He, he absolutely wants yeah. that that time, and it's just just the two of us. Got time Tom? Saying. Just no, no,
4: no. the two of us. No, they're going to turn it down gonna... with the music. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought that uh, you know that those, those times when you feel closest to Christ, like sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, if you're if you're at an adoration chapel or something like that, uh, or or sometimes I'll t- I'll take an extra ten minutes after Mass in the morning, and and I'll you know some days you just have that closeness, and I I always pray that you know and i and i kind of have this vision in my head of like when i walk out the door will you please like can i please drag you with me you know <laughs> can will you come along you know that 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 you walk out and many days when i do that it really makes even when things aren't going well it just there's a blessedness to the day but it's just to be able to get your head and your heart in sync and then be able to kind of keep it in sync when you go out the door because that's one of those things where you know, as soon as you walk out the door, your mind is off someplace else, and you're out of that that state of mind. But, but I've often wondered why that has to be, it, and, it, and I don't think it has to be. I think it's just a matter of staying focused and staying connected on our side. And I've I've oftentimes connected that in my own mind with, um, you know, the Brother Lawrence book on you know, kind of being, in presence. Presence yeah, of, yeah. being in the presence of being in the presence of. Of of God all the time, you know that we're always practicing the presence of God. You know, so there is a practice to it because I think there's 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 those moments when we feel closest, and then there's other times when we feel miles and miles away. But there's a lot of time in between there, and you know my experience when it when it works is it's kind of we get these. We get these punctuations, you know that happens here and then it kind of goes away. but if you can stay with it for a while, it stretches it out a little bit longer. and then you know the more of those you get that they, they you know at some point they start to join together if you're you know if if, if the, but I the other thing too that I think is a big part of that is ask is asking God for that grace, you know they go out and think it well, it's dependent on me. I gotta stay focused. I got to do I'm coaching myself on what to do. And it's like just pray for it and then just trust God that he wants to be with you. So to the extent that he needs to be in your head and your heart while you're going out into the world, he will be there. But I think if you ask, if you don't ask and you just kind of leave it up to yourself or or don't even bother with it, then <clears throat> you get what you get, you know. You, you get what you asked for. You get what is, as the Psalms say, you get your heart's desire, you know. And if your heart's not really desiring that at a high level, then why would God want to, you know, kind of give you what you don't really want that much, you know, if you desperately want it, you know? Think about the times when you've seen Pope John Paul, for example, when after communion, he used to go into that silent, He, You could tell he was with God. He was in God's presence, you know? Like, how do we keep that? How did he keep that with him, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, they, they, for him, at least, they said 20, 30 times wouldn't be... Yeah. Out of the question, where he would stop in the chapel when he was working, working at the Vatican, he would he would just stop in all the time, you yeah. know. So yeah, let's well, like
3: like be honest. There's like a ton of people out there who are totally afraid of God. I mean, I, I think about like Father Callaway mm-hmm. when he before his conversion, he was like so afraid to walk into that church because he was assured that God was going to zap him, like because he was living such a bad <laughs> life, and and this gospel even makes me think of it, like. If you look at like John the Baptist, all these people are standing around, and John says, "One mightier than I is coming, you know, who's going to baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire, you know, like some guys standing like fire, you know, you're talking about fire, <laughs> yeah, you know, like so." There's a lot of people out there who are are totally afraid of God or even going near a church. And I think it was Father Larry Richards who said, "You know, the only re- there's two reasons why they don't go back to confession. It's because of pride and fear, you know." So how do we? how does somebody who's dealing with fear of God even begin to think about going to church? I mean, that's like the first step for
2: them. Like, how do they even, I don't even know how to answer that. I don't know. I, I wonder, Tom, if the answer is right here in our scripture, because it's very interesting how, you know, the words that Luke writes, all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. So it wasn't it wasn't asking in their head, because that it almost seems like it's a it's a it's a logical thing. Like, hey, I wonder if that's if he's the Christ. Like that would be a head thing. Yeah. But he says the hearts, and so I think that fear that you know, and I in my own faith and I've experienced that where I kind of was, I was like out on the outside, going, "Wow, you know, I, I can't I can't go back now." Um, but it was the head that was doing that, mm. and see, and so I think you're right on the heart recognizes the whole the heart recognizes oh there's something missing the heart recognizes that I've been trying to fill my life or find joy or find happiness and all these other things and it's not doing it but the head says no I don't want to be like those Christian people I don't want to be labeled by my friends as religious whatever I I think the head keeps us out keeps us out of it so you know in in our dealings with people, you know is it is it how how can we be the the blessing to help the heart overrule the head you know um and 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 get beyond that you know um and and so in our in our, in our witness, in our conversations with people, um you know I remember going back, I was one of those bless me father it's been it's been nine years since my last confession, you know, and I was like, you know I had I had a flash drive in my hand, the hand of the priest you know, for <laughs> the last nine years. <laughs> but it but it had to be you're right tom it it had to be i had to reach a point where the heart desired so much more that it had to overcome any of the thoughts that the, the, the head, you know, were, were leading me astray. So I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but I think you're right on. The heart has to, I think, kind of overrule the head and it has to become a desire of the mm-hmm. heart and not just an intellectual exercise, you know. Oh, um, I think I'll become Christian today. I think I'll follow Jesus because it's a logical thing to do, you know. No, it's got to be more than that. Hunger and desire, passion, that comes from the heart, not
4: the head. I think too it's important that that we understand clearly what the heart means in in our theology because a lot of times we look we think of it in terms of pop, popular psychology which is the head is our brain and the heart is our emotions you know so right. so it's our emotions that drag us and there's something good about our emotions and all of a sudden we become an emotionally driven culture and we flip the whole thing I mean we're designed from kind of the ground up we're physical we're um, emotional and we're intellectual but the integration of the head and the heart is where the wisdom comes from. And that's what, that's what the biblical and our, and our theological description of the heart is that the, – because the, the reason why I, I, I think it's important is because there's also a clarity with that desire. There's a clarity about where I need to go and who I need to be with and, and, and what I need to do. And there's a sense of that I, I can kind of – Understand and appreciate this in a very clear way. It's very clear in my life that God is the center, or that I very much desire to be with God outside of just. The chapel, you know, that that's the important thing. Because otherwise we get into this, well, I'm just going to follow my heart. And my heart, mean in parentheses, means my emotions, the way I feel at any given time. And we all know where that goes, right, you know. Right, well so yeah. I, I think that's an important distinction. Because uh, I, dis- I use that distinction all the time myself, you know, between head and heart. But it's kind of the head running off by itself and the heart running off by—the emotions running off by themselves. But when the two are together— and, the, and it's genuine, and it's passion, and it's desire, but you know where it, it's pointing. You right, know what right. you're after, and it's good. It's better than where I am. It takes me out of that nine years or that, you know, that whatever, that fear of being in the church, then I think we're, we're, in, then we're in the presence of God, I think. That's, that's, that's always been... I always reflect on that because when I lose that clarity myself, I start following my emotions instead of my true heart. You know, because it's the truth of the heart, not whatever I feel at the time. You know, because there's been a lot of times, especially when I was younger, where I th- I thought I really, truly was pulled in a certain direction and ended up not being a very good direction. Right, you right. Know? And We've all been there, I'm sure.
1: And the challenge you guys are are presenting to me is, uh, whose voice am I listening to? Right. right. It's very easy to get into that self talk and, you know, yeah, kind of talk yeah, myself yeah. into something and. Uh, uh, before coming in to the studio, I was uh, in my car, speaking to a priest, and we were praying together. And he was praying for me, and it was it was beautiful. And he said, "Rob, you have to get into the Word. You have to get into the Word, and you have to do every day. You have to do." And he kind of he was stumbling around. He's like, "What is that? What is that called?" When you like, really like, break open the Word and and Lexio Divina. Divina. Like, yeah. so he was basically what I was entering into here. for ministry, for work, he he had no idea. He had no idea. But he was saying, unless you do that, the work that you are gonna do for the Lord isn't gonna bear fruit. You need to get into the word. You need to... So imagine Mm -hmm. every day if we do this, what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be with a group of people, right? That you just... You know, wherever you are, you're in the presence. If you recognize, you just recognize that you're in the presence of God. You ask the Holy Spirit to fill your heart to speak to you, and then you just read Scripture and let the Lord's voice. So, this, so we get so used to His voice, right? His, you know, His word, mm-hmm. His voice. Um, but I don't think you can get any more obvious or direct than that. <laughs> like for a priest to say, "You got to yeah. do it right before going into this," for because can't this be work? Like, yeah. like the, okay, oh, oh, good. We, we did the radio show. Yeah. Like, no, our Lord is giving, giving us a taste of this here in the studio. And for you guys out there, giving you a taste of it wherever you are to come back, not for next week's show, but come back for next week's show. But every day, open yeah. up his word, open up his word. He wants to speak to
4: you. He wants to speak to me every day or continue the discussion with the people that maybe the people around you or the people in your family after the, after you're done listening to this, you know, that, that, uh, you know, continue to explore. I mean, geez, the, the thoughts that we came up with aren't all there is in here. You know, there's uh, you may have a completely different take on it and share it with other people. I often say we do, gospel reflections, we do scriptural reflections at the high schools that I go to, that this is not just ink on a piece piece of paper, this is the word of God, and the word of God is a person, and this is a person that if you spend time with him, he will transform you over a period of time. And I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen in schools, I've seen it happen to faculty members, I've heard their stories, I experience it in my own life. You know, I'm much better off now than I was 10 years ago or 9 years ago when I started going to gospel reflection on Wednesdays with uh, with you guys over at the barn. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean much better off spiritually. I'm in a better spiritual place. I've had a deeper relationship with Christ. I've, you know. So I I think whenever you get around the word of God, you're going to, you know, and you spend time with it and learn to live with it that you're going to be changed. It's it can Jesus can't not change you, you know. Just it won't happen. So go to the app store. Yeah, I, I searched the other day to get my own. I mean, there's a
2: jillion scripture uh, apps. You know, you, your alarm goes off in the morning. Click off the alarm. Open your daily reading, and I mean, start your day before you get out of bed with a little bit of the Word of God to, to get you going for the day. Yeah. Know. as you're looking to lose weight this year, break open the Word a little bit too. So.
1: You can. You, that that's an all-you-can-eat buffet that <laughs> <Yeah>. is no <laughs> yeah. calories at all, right? So you can eat yeah. and consume the Word all day every day and uh and and let that change our lives so you know as we're still in this new year uh let's uh you know let's ask let's invite god into our resolutions the ones that we've made asking for the courage the ones that we haven't made let's ask him which ones he wants us to make so we can be the men and women that he's calling us to be god bless each and every one of you have a great day goodbye
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org. or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.